Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beer Sportscast. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we have a very um, good episode planned for you guys. Very fun. A um, lot of grievances will be aired um, today. We've kind of hit, as I said, the dead spot in the sports schedule. I've been wanting to do this draft day for a couple weeks. Um, and then we had the Jack Jones incident, the Marcus Smart trade. Marcus Smart will come up again this episode. Just you wait. And I've, I'm very, very much looking forward to doing this specific episode. We will we will be having a top ten in this episode. Another thing that I want to mention coming out a day late. Um, sorry about that. Just some things that have come up. Reese, um, going forward, we're getting close to training camp. As crazy as it sounds, I believe uh, NFL training camp starts July twenty eighth. July is the last month without NFL football, so thank God for that. We will be doing some Red Sox stuff, some All Star game stuff. Not really. Um, but Red Sox will be a focus throughout July. We'll also cover uh, the Open when that comes around, and Wimbledon's going on right now, so we'll cover when that um, reaches a conclusion. But really, the Bruins are kind of done. Um, some recent moves on the fringes with Taylor Hall and Mike Riley. Taylor Hall will also be in this episode. And and there will also be um, some potential NBA buzz going on when we will talk a little bit about the Grant Williams trade who will also be featured in this episode in a separate segment but without further ado let's get to the top 10 today's top 10 is my personal least favorite Boston sports athletes so guys that were here I'm trying to do guys that were relevant you know I'm not going to do like Nikhil Harry who I think everybody in Boston hated right Nobody liked Nikhil Harry, and he was bad. So nobody really wants to hear about the French roster guys. There are, um, just looking at the list, maybe one, um, just one on the list who I, I think just had to be on the list for some reasons. But they will be ranked in terms of, you know, tenure here. So if they were longer, they kind of carry a bigger weight in terms of how much I dislike them. Accomplishments do help move them towards my more favor because, as we all know, winning cures everything. But if they really didn't do any of those things, they're going to be pretty high up on the list. So number 10 is going to be my most favorite of these least favorite guys. And then number one is going to be my most hated Boston athlete. I think you guys can kind of guess where that, where that's going to be. But this is going to be all for um, Boston sports teams, the Patriots, the Sox, the Bruins, and the Celtics. Just going looking at the list once again, there's guys that have been here for upwards of a, for around a decade. And then there's people that were here for one year. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that shakes out as well. But without further ado, let's start the list. So coming in at number 10 from the New England Patriots, running back Brandon Bolden. And he was a special teams guy, and I recognize this. But this guy was so annoying and so just utterly useless on an NFL field that he was taking up a roster spot was, was beyond me. Beyond me. He did nothing except run down the gunner. He was a gunner on the punt team. Nothing else. Why was he taking up a roster spot all these years? And he just seemed like an annoying dude. And I know that's not really like expert analysis, but he was just very frustrating to watch. And I really can't comprehend why he was still on the team, and maybe that's partly due to Bill Belichick, sure. But for some reason, Brandon Bolden just... Always, always was able to just rub me the wrong way. 
And when he left with Miami, and then he scored a couple of touchdowns against the Patriots in a game, and you were doing like, where did this come from? And then he comes back and does nothing. So he was just a useless guy. I, I did not like him at on the team one bit. Um, and just just a frustrating guy to deal with. Um, before we go to the rest of the list, some honorable mentions there. Um, I also was considering a guy like uh, Gunnar Olcheski, who was just utterly useless that way. Then Nikhil Harry almost made the list right there just because of just how utterly stupid he was in so many different ways. Um, and then number nine over to Causeway Street for the Boston Maroons, we got Taylor Hall, who just got traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. Again, not a big trade. We mentioned that a little bit next episode. But Taylor Hall is a guy who's a former MVP, right? 2018 Hart Trophy winner. And he has a lot of skills. He's very quick hands, very soft hands, very good and tight. But for some reason, just didn't want to get hit. And I thought that he skated a lot faster than he actually played. I thought he played a little bit slow. And he had a good series against Florida. There's no doubt about that. But he he was a guy in the regular season that almost every single player on the Boston Bruins clicked except for Taylor Hall. And he was just a player that you felt like he thought he was better than everybody else, and he wasn't. He was a third-line left wing on this Boston Bruins team. Granted, he's probably a top six line winger on most teams in the NHL. But you just did not want to deal with this dude that often. He didn't really want to play the game. He just wanted to kind of score goals. He was a little bit of a diva. And that's not really how hockey's meant to be played, right? You got to get in tight. You got to make plays. You got to make winning plays. And Taylor Hall was just not a guy that did that. And that's why he comes up number nine on this list. Number eight, going back to the Patriots, a guy that was only here for a year, but a year that we all wish to forget, was Cam Newton coming in at number eight. And look, after the Seattle game in week two, which they lost, I believe it was 36-35. They need the... Or I can't remember exactly the score, but they need two yards to score in the final play of the game, and they didn't get it, right? They couldn't get it. And... that. And then people were clamoring, oh, let's sign Cam, let's sign Super Cam New Extension, Cam's back. Yeah, that didn't go well. More touchdowns than interceptions in his one year. He eventually got cut when Mac Jones beat him out in the star role, in which I think was never going to happen. I thought that Cam New would at least get the job for one more year. But the reason why Cam New is especially on this list is because he, he just... He's just one of those guys that thinks he's better than he is. He's very similar to Taylor Hall. You look at Cam Newton, and you see a guy who is an MVP winner and did lead a 15-1 season. So that's already two MVP winners on this list. So a lot of these guys aren't complete scrubs. But Cam Newton just didn't, just wasn't good, and he just made stupid plays at the end of games. You had the game in Buffalo where he fumbled. Um, when they were driving. And then you also had the situation where it was, it seemed like they lost every single game in like the last five minutes of each game. And a lot of that was due to Cam Newton, and that wears on a fan base. It wears on a fan like me, myself. And that's why Cam Newton is coming in at number eight. Still not very much hit. You know, there's a lot of guys here. Once we get to the top five, that's really where you'll see 
Top six, really. Um, but number seven, a guy who also just left Boston, Grant Williams, make coming in at number seven. This guy was just annoying to watch. I mean, every single play, he'd be complaining to the refs. Every single time. And that's fine if you're LeBron. That's fine if you're, you know, Steph Curry. But if you're Grant Williams, who's a role player, ended up getting benched this season, and you're complaining to the refs about stupid things, about calls that don't have any relevance to the situation, then then, then you're just, he's just not a fun guy to watch. He's the epitome of a 3 and D player, but sometimes he tries to do too much on closes. He took a couple um, floaters early in the season that were just weird, weird-looking shots. He poked the bear against Jimmy Butler in Game 2. A, a guy that's an instigator and tries to be like Brad Marchand, who I love, and I love Brash Martian, and I love his ability to get under this people's skin. But he is not Brad Martian in terms of skill, and in terms of talent, and in terms of winning ability. Brad Martian has a cup. Grant Williams has nothing. So, he, he comes in on the list just for, just for pretty much unwatchability. And he made you hate this Celtics team even more. He and Jason Tam used to love to do this. Jason Tam, a guy that could have made the list. He's not on the list. But a guy that definitely could have made the list because they're just so frustrating to watch. Just play the game. Just play the game. Coming in at number six, a World Series MVP should have been, should have won World Series MVP in 2018. David Price, Steve Pierce ended up winning that MVP. But David Price was just a guy who, very unlikable. You had the ish dust start with Dennis Eckersley during... Um, during a team flight, that was that was a weird situation. Never showed up in the playoffs until that 2018 World Series, which was a welcome sight for everybody. And that's why he's number six. Honestly, he'd be top three if he didn't contribute so greatly to that World Series run. But got paid seven-year, $217 million, right? So $31 million a year. Didn't really... Wasn't a big game pitcher. Got shelled by the Yankees multiple times. And is one of these guys that you look at and you say, okay, well, he can win against the Oakland Athletics and the Kansas City Royals. But he can't beat the New York Yankees. He can't beat the Houston Astros. And he was just a guy that you looked at, and he wasn't really in touch with the fan base. Didn't really care that much. And, and that showed. That definitely, definitely showed from a pure baseball standpoint. And, and he deserves to be on the list. And I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that sentiment. I don't think that's a controversial opinion at all. So number six, David Price. Coming at number five, Bruins, our last Bruins player of the list. Usually the Bruins don't have that, that much able players. Usually there's a lot of guys that make stupid plays. Um, Matt Grizzlick, Jeremy Lozon come to mind. But for number five, a Vezina Trophy winner to Garask. And Tuga is where is another guy that the fan base is completely divided on. On one hand, he won a Vezina and was an elite goalie for many years here. On the other hand, he choked in the playoffs every single year. The cup that they won in 2011 had nothing to do with Dugarask. 2013, he choked. 2019, he choked. It just seemed like in the playoffs, every time he needed to come up with a save, he didn't. And he was vastly overrated, in my opinion. Vastly overrated. And you'll notice guys that do not perform in the playoffs on this list are going to be a little bit higher up on the list because you just can't stand them. Because it, it, it's, a fr it's a frustrating thing 
when a guy like Tuka Rask, who was probably a top five goalie for the majority of his time in Boston, when he continuously chokes in the playoffs and gives up bad goals and makes stupid decisions, it's very, very frustrating. It's a guy like Linus Olmark, right? And Tuka, I believe that Tuka gets too much runway from the fan base and because he, he's not... He's not as good as people think he is. He's not. And and I think people have started to realize that as the years have gone on, that really Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swimman have done better than Duga has. Or at least the same. Granted, they've also choked in the playoffs, but that's different. Tuka Rask is a guy that was treated as a number one goalie and never showed up in big games. Period. End of discussion. That's why he's number five on the list. Number four on the list, a guy that only played here one year from the New England Patriots, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was a guy who you felt was kind of, it was a t- typical wide receiver, a typical diva. Didn't want to get hit, just wanted to be thrown the deep ball or slams. And he had a good year here in the regular season. And then the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe it's the second quarter. It's like third and two. He catches an hour out from Tom Brady. All this guy had to do was one run straight. Instead, he tries to hurdle somebody. As of getting concussed is out for the Super Bowl. Then he was traded to the Los Angeles Rams. Now he's on the Dallas Cowboys after being on the Rams and the Texans. But a, something that you should look at when determining you know, why Brandon Cooks is the way he is, is this is a guy who's been a perennial 1,000-yard receiver, right? His streak was broken last year due to Davis Mills. But very good receiver, okay? Why does he get traded so often? At some point, Brandon Cooks is the problem. And I think it's failure to recognize this. And that, that Eagles play cannot just get out of my head. That that one play makes fills me with so much dislike for Brandon Cooks. Like, you, you guys don't even know. And I just feel like he was a guy that, again, didn't really care. Was just here to kind of just, like, rest on his laurels. Coming here from the Saints, I'm the best guy here. I'm the number one wide receiver. I'll just run go routes all day. And go routes he did, and he was good at it. But he he didn't he didn't want it. He didn't want it. And then coming out at number three, Jackie Bradley Jr. Another guy the fan base is very divided on. On one hand, elite defender. And I'm not taking away from him. Elite defender. On the other hand, awful offensive player who failed to hit above two hundred. So, JBJ is a guy that was, like Marcus Smart and like Tuka Rask, greatly overrated due to, oh, he's, he's like a basketball role player. That's what he is. He's a glorified baseball role player, and that doesn't really make any sense. But all he, he could play defense. He could play defense with the best, with the best. But people had to stop acting like he was Mike Trout in center field. Because he never was, and he never, and he never had that potential. He could not hit. He could not hit, and I think people didn't recognize this. Just greatly overrated by the Boston community was Jack Bradley Jr. And there were so many times where he came up in big spots and he just failed to produce, and it drove you up a wall. And then they traded back for him. They trade for him and gave up Hunter Renfro, which admittedly, 
I'm, I'm not going to blame JPJ for that trade, but it, he, he's associated with it. That made me hate him even more because that was a stupid trade. That was a stupid trade that they made. And as much as, much as I miss, just miss that 2018 Red Sox outfield with Betts, Benetton, and Jackie Bradley Jr., Jackie Bradley was easily, easily my least favorite player on those Red Sox teams. And then coming in at number two, a guy that you figured had to be on the list. This wouldn't be a most hated Boston sports athletes recently without this guy on the list. From the Boston Celtics, Kyrie Irving. This is a no-doubter. This is no-doubter. If you put him at one, I don't have a problem with that. And I really don't need to go into this because the fan base is not divided on this one. Right? Oh, I'll resign here. I'll resign here. He never resigned here. Never resigned here. Resigned. And was a guy that you looked at and you felt... <laughs> forced his way out of so many organizations. And he, again, another guy that thought he could be a one. And he could not be a one. Because LeBron James was the one. He had to go to Brooklyn and get Kevin Durant. Another one. Now he's in D- Dallas with with Luka Doncic. And it's very hateable player in the entire league. For many reasons. Very just hateable player. And when he was in Boston, the, you dealt with it because the talent was so great. And that's why he's gotten as many shots as he had. Because of the pure talent that Kyrie Irving possesses. But this pure talent also made me so angry. And so angry to be a Boston Celtics fan. That year, I believe it was the 2019 Boston Celtics. That was my least favorite Celtics team of all time. And a big reason that? Kyrie Irving. And then moving at number one, a guy that you figured would be on the list. And you have, if you've been listening, he hasn't been in the other nine. In the list of top ten favorite least favorite athletes in Boston. He's number one. And it's, for me, it's not close. It's Marcus Smart. It's 100% Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart is a guy, again, who the fan bases divide on. He slipped as a defender this year. He's a, he's a role player. That's what he is for every other team. He is not the third scorer. Ever. On any team. If Marcus Smart is your third option, that's brutal. I I didn't need Marcus Smart on this team. I did not. And Marcus Smart made me so angry. And we've mentioned a million times the pull-up threes with 18 seconds left on on the shot clock. The belief that he was better than everybody else. The coaching. The ego issues. The, the Like Bob Cousy said, you would think that one day he'd wake up and wonder why he's always open at the end of games. Marcus Mart was one of these guys, like I believe David Price and Tuga Rask were especially. One of these guys that needs a reality check and needs to be told, hey Marcus, buddy, you're not that good. You're just, you're good. And you can be helpful for any franchise. But you're just not that good. Again, if Marcus Smart took eight shots a game, I'd be fine with Marcus Smart. I'd be fine with Marcus Smart. And he wouldn't be on this hate list. But he didn't. And he had a severe inability to take eight shots a game. 
which was very frustrating from a Boston Celtics fan. And without that, was number one on the list. So once again, that's the list. Coming in at number 10, Brandon Bolden. Nine is Taylor Hall. Eight is Cam Newton, Super Cam. Seven is Grant Williams. Six is David Price. Five is Tuka Rask. Four is Brandon Cooks. Three is JBJ. Two is Kyrie Irving. And one. Without that, was Marcus Smart. Thank you guys for tuning in to Top 10. Uh, we will hopefully be back with another segment. And then real quick, just to wrap up the show here, the Grant Williams trade, um, I know some of you guys saw that. So he's went to Dallas, four-year, $54 million year, sign and trade with Boston. The Spurs received Reggie Bullock in an unprotected Dallas pick swap in 2030. Celtics netted two second rounders. And in addition to Grant Williams, the D- Dallas Mavericks also got two second rounders. After the trade after the trade for Porzingis, you kind of felt this was gonna happen. Um Yeah. I don't have a lot to say on this. He kind of fell the rotation. It, it's clear Joe Mazzula wasn't as big of a Grant Williams fan as Ime Udoka was, and this this just this was kind of inevitable, and we all figured it would happen. Um and at least they got two second rounders for him. He was a good player in his moments, but again, just can never say out of his own way. And then the most, the biggest news to come out of the NBA is the Dame Lillard trade. Dame Lillard trade request probably gonna go to Miami. Um, look, to the Celtics, I would pick up the phone if I were the Boston Celtics, but I wouldn't trade Jalen Brown for him. I really don't think he wants to be here. I think it's gonna be Miami or nowhere for him. And I think if another team trades for him, I think it's gonna be very, very ugly for that team and for that front office to have to deal with it. The only issue is Portland seems like they're trying to get the best return, as they should. That's their job. And I don't think Tyler here is the best return. I think they should look at Philly um, and try and get Tyrese Maxey, which would be definitely, definitely interesting, who I think is a better player than Tyler here, and I don't think I'm alone in saying that. Um, would the Celtics make sense as a trade partner? Sure, they probably have the best player they could offer, and Jalen Brown, who was a second-team All-NBA, so by definition, one of the top 10 players in the league last year. But I just don't think that the Celtics are going to make that trade, and I just don't think that they should make that trade either. Um, I think the window's better with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown than it is with Jason Tatum and Dane Lillard. But that'll do it for us today, guys. As always, thank you for listening to this episode from Ballparks of Buzzbeer Sportscast. Please visit our website, www.fromballparks2buzzerbeers.com. Our Instagram is there, our Twitter is there, our email is there. Guys, please DM or email us any positive or negative feedback, segment ideas. Maybe you want to be on the show. I'm sure we could figure something out. We absolutely love hearing from you guys. But as always, guys, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode from Ballparks to Buzzerbeers. I'm Paramore Tino signing out with the From Ballparks to Buzzerbeers Sportscast. Have a good one, everybody.